Today we're doing the second half of Psalm 23. And while this is a famous psalm and most people understand it and know it and refer to it, sometimes there's things that we say that we don't even understand. And so I'm just pointing out a couple of those things today to give you some more insight. And I pray that this episode blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're going to be going through Psalm 23 again and talking about the second half. And before we get into that, there's a couple things I just want to say. If you are kind of new here and you just started listening to this podcast, I want to let you know that there's a whole bunch of resources for you before we started this Psalm series. If you are kind of new to reading the scriptures and understanding how to make sense of it all. There's the resource of the She Hears Bible Study, and there's also a whole podcast series on the She Hears Bible Study, as well as the 10 tips for setting yourself up for success, how to read, all those kinds of things. If you are a believer that has just kind of felt a little bit lost or maybe distant in your relationship with God, we did the whole spiritual discipline series, and that has been really helpful for a lot of people. And then we started doing the Psalm series because what I was hearing a lot from a lot of people was that they had a love for the Lord, they had a love for the scriptures, but they were just in a season of life where it was really difficult to take the time or to have the time to sit down and read God's word. And then even if they were reading it, they were having a hard time making the connections to their daily lives. And so in response to that, 
I started doing this psalm study. And I still have lots of uh, podcast topics that we want to cover, spiritual gifts and, and the names of God and lots of other things that are in the works. But we're kind of taking this pause right now to work through these scriptures. If you are somebody that wants to take notes and you don't want to write in your study Bible, then on my resources page, shehears.org, there is a whole bunch of note-taking Bibles and journaling Bibles, as well as individual Bible journals. So lots of places where you have lots of room to write notes, underline, all those kinds of things. If you are somebody that is great with the journaling side of things, but you just don't have a good study Bible. I also have those in the in the resources section too, because some people uh, they they like this podcast, but they want to follow it up with their their own Bible reading. That's awesome. That's what we want. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. And in the study Bible, it has all sorts of notes on how to make it relevant to your own lives and explains things in detail. So. What we're doing for this psalm series is we're just doing some light devotional reading where I'm pointing out some of the background information, the historical context, things you might not know if you've not studied these cultures. I have long, for a long, long time, really craved that information myself because I'm a why person. I always want to know the why behind things. And it's part of the reason why I went to seminary. It's part of the reason why I do the, the ministry that I do because I once I know the why... I will be your biggest advocate, but I need to know why I'm doing it. And and I think sometimes what happens is when we are reading the scriptures so far removed from the time and period of history where they were written, that sometimes there's just cultural things we don't understand. And I say that because I work in a lot of different cultures. I work in five different countries regularly. And just from going from America to those five countries, I know that there are cultural differences, language differences, things that we don't understand about each other until we ask the question why. And so what I'm trying to do in this series that we're doing, this psalm series, is pointing out some of the cultural differences. And sometimes that happens even depending on where you live in the United States. If you're somebody that lives in the city, you might not understand the references to the land or or some of the things like the agricultural or, or animals or those kinds of things. Or vice versa. Sometimes if you are somebody that's spent most of your life in a rural area, you might not understand certain dynamics of what it what is understood in city life, those kinds of things. And and then also, this original text was written within this environment where everybody would have understood the Jewish culture. And so there's undercurrents of the Jewish culture that, that are embedded in some of the, the scriptures that we simply miss because we're not Jewish and because we don't understand that Jewish way of life. So I pray that this study continues to bless you. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So yesterday we talked about a lot of this shepherd imagery, the sheep and the shepherd that we see as Jesus is the good shepherd. And we're going to pick up with some of that, but I want to point out a couple of things that 
I think are particularly relevant in, in this passage, the second half of this passage. The the verse that talks about, uh, I think it's the verse five, it talks about preparing a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's something that um, I have really been sitting with in this season and thinking through this idea of what it means for Jesus to prepare a table for us. I I think essentially... We know that God cares for the needs of his children. He's a good father. And if I think about what goes into this idea of preparing a table, I prepare a table for my family every day. Sometimes it's home-cooked meals, sometimes it's not. But in that preparation, uh, it starts earlier than the dinner hour. There is care and attention and intention that goes to preparing a table. And I think if we're true understanding, truly understanding what it means to have this idea of having a table set out for us, we can recognize that setting out food, regardless probably of every culture, regardless of any culture, it is a gesture of hospitality. And to do that in front of someone's enemy publicly it establishes this idea of the right relationship that exists between the host and the guest. So if I were to set a table for, you know, my next door neighbor and my in-laws hated my next door neighbor, it would say to my in-laws, not that they don't, I'm just making this up, but it would say to my in-laws that I'm okay with my neighbor, that, that, he and I are in right relationship, regardless of what they might be feeling or sensing or or how they feel about that individual. And so this idea of setting a table, in this case, it would be God, who is the host, and the guest is the psalmist. So we're talking about David. This is a, a psalm by David. So if God is setting a table for David in front of David's enemy. It's a public declaration of the relationship that God has with the psalmist. And so some of this imagery is this image of Yahweh as this protective shepherd king. And and there's a lot of royal imagery in these psalms as well having a right relationship with the person that he is charged with taking care of. And I think in case you missed it the other day, there's this sense that we sometimes feel like we have to be in relationship with those that we are, that are our enemies because of this concept of forgiveness. And while I certainly understand and believe in forgiveness, forgiveness does not determine proximity. And what I mean by that is we're not seeing him invite the enemy to sit down at the table. And and I say that because there's so many of us, and you might have heard me say this before, especially if you're in our Facebook group. There's so many of us that think that as believers, we have to be the ones to reconcile relationships that perhaps are not good good for us. Now, can he invite people to sit at the table? Absolutely. 
absolutely can. And I've seen relationships reconciled. I've experienced that myself. But but that doesn't happen without a lot of work going into those relationships beforehand. And if they if it did, they would no longer be called enemies. They would be called friends. See, there's this protective element there, too, where he's setting a table in the presence of his enemies to declare this right relationship between God and the psalmist. We live in a culture where we are daily confronted by evil, to be perfectly honest, and we're surrounded by the culture and the society that is pure evil. And and so what this is revealing to us is that God sustains us as believers, both physically and spiritually. Because there's this element of what happens at the table. There's a physical provision for us. He gives us what we need so that we can live in his presence. And so Jesus, as the shepherd, he laid down his life for his own sheep. He's done that to make our relationship with God available to us. In verse 5, it also says, let me just read it again. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That might feel odd to you because we live so far away from this culture. But anoint my head with oil is referring to this practice that was provided for, for the people that were the honored guests at a banquet. So it, it essentially is a way to speak of God's favor and his blessing, that, and that happens through an anointing. And, and anointing can also mean this idea of empowerment or refreshing the spirit. And so this idea of anointing of the Holy Spirit is talking about mind, body, spirit, so much so that there's an overflow of those things And that literally translates to, my cup is an abundant drink. The way that the original text is written there, it's my cup is an abundant drink. It's probably referring to the shepherd's cup, which would have been like a large hollowed out stone almost. And it could hold about 40 or 50 gallons. And that is what the, the sheep would drink from. So when it's saying my cup overflows... As, remember, the shepherd imagery, it's not just like this little cup of coffee. It's talking about 40 or 50 gallons. That's a lot. That's, that's, a, that's a huge amount. It, typically, when it's talking about oil, it will be talking about a, a choice oil or a like an expensive oil. And most of the time, it's talking about olive oil. Olive oil could be used to treat dry or cracked skin. Um, And it would often be used as a hospitality to offer oil to their visitors when they came in the door or they got to to your house. And so this idea of even with oil, oil being being put upon you was a friendly gesture between um, individuals. And so this shows us that the psalmist is really being refreshed in God's presence, just both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 
I, I don't know the last time somebody offered me olive oil when I went to their house. Actually, I do because we, we are Italian and, um, I have spent some time in Italy. We just went to Italy this past summer because I do, if anybody's ever interested in this, I was thinking about hosting a trip, but I do study trips where we go and we look at some of the places in the Bible. And so we did a trip to Rome where we went to the Maritime prison where Paul was held and the Appian Way and the catacombs and all those kinds of things. But in Italy, they offer you olive oil for everything. So um, in that culture, it's not so far removed. But in America, I don't know the last time that somebody offered me olive oil when I got there. So sometimes I feel like that might have been missed on us. But it's essentially looking at this idea of preparation that has gone into this um, welcoming hospitality kind of relationship that, that David is experiencing. 23 verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and love. With the shepherd staying with us throughout our life. So we're talking about God's presence, the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit as the shepherd. So we're talking about the shepherd, we're talking about Jesus. So with the shepherd staying with us throughout the journey of our life, the benefit of that, or one of the consequences of that, is this constant guidance, this help, the support, the kindness, so that no matter what happens, we can trust that God is going to work for our good in all circumstances. And so the goal of one of the goals of following the shepherd is experiencing his goodness and his love. And one day that will eventually be forever. It'll be a permanent experience of abiding closely with the shepherd as we serve him, as we love him, as we live with him in, in eternity. And I think through what that practically means for us now, because of course, as believers, you know, our, our bottom line is that, we want to spend eternity in heaven with with Jesus. Um, we respond to God's love and the pursuit of relationship that, that we see because of Jesus. And so that's, of course, our bottom line, our end goal. But what about now? And I think sometimes we get so caught up in, especially in, if you have an evangelistic tendency to thinking about, you know, this heaven versus hell issue. And of course, don't misunderstand me. Heaven is our goal. But what about now? See, I believe that we can live a life that is drastically different than if we did not have Jesus and have a relationship with him. Because there is a supernatural peace that comes from knowing Jesus. There's a supernatural provision that comes from knowing Jesus. There's supernatural rest that comes from knowing Jesus. And so it's not just about where we're going to go one day. It's about what's going to happen to us today. And so I want you to think about that, about what we talked about over the last two days as I reread Psalm 23 for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that you draw us as the good shepherd. And we are your sheep, God. Thank you for the rest that comes in knowing that you are trustworthy and our obedience to trusting your plan for our lives. God, thank you for the way that you restore our soul, for the way that you guide us through um, the minefields of this life, Lord God, that despite the chaos that we're walking through in our daily lives, that we can do that without fear, that we can do that with confidence and knowing that you are with us. God, thank you that your discipline to us even is a comfort because we know that ultimately you are good and you do good and you have our best interests in mind. God, I thank you for that even in the the presence of evil and the enemies that surround us, the way that the enemy tries to attack us in the middle of all that, you're present. And you establish relationship with us. God, that our cup overflows with blessing and provision and healing in a way that we can't even understand. But yet that overflow, God, help us to see that overflow as an opportunity to share your love with others. God, may our hearts be overflowed. May our cup overflow with your love and your power and your strength and your goodness, Lord God. So that everyone that comes in contact with us would sense you and would walk away experiencing part of your goodness, God. That it would draw them closer to you, God. I pray that all of the days of our lives, we would stay close to you. We would come back to you. We would respond to your discipline or to your guidance, Lord God. And that you would help us to see how incredibly much we are loved. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.